Welcome to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Rogue Preparedness, Morgan. Hey everyone, Morgan here, and you are listening to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. I am super excited to talk about today's topic, um, wild edibles, but first... I want to tell you guys to head to roguepreparedness.com and get on my newsletter. And also, if you do like this podcast, I would really appreciate um, like uh, the ratings, <laughs> the leave a review. My brain took a dump there. The leave a review, ratings, even if you don't like it, that's cool. You know, I can always improve. And always feel free to reach out to me about any subjects or topics or anything that you have questions with or something that you want me to cover or anything like that. I'm always open. You know, you guys help me create ideas that I never even thought to kind of talk about because sometimes, you know, people who have been at something for so long, they get like that tunnel vision of, well, everybody just knows this, but we don't, you know, not everybody knows everything. And so I'm always trying to think back to the basics and things like that and try to help everybody, including myself, you know, the very best that we can. So, um, if you ever have any questions or comments or anything, feel free to reach out to me anywhere on my website or Instagram or YouTube or wherever. But uh, yeah, definitely get on my uh, newsletter at roguepreparedness.com just in case who knows what's happening with social media. It's crazy these days. So, okay. So we're going to jump right into the guest and talk wild edibles is a very passionate topic of mine. We have Prepping with Sarge. Hello. Hey, Morgan. Thanks for having me on. Oh boy, I'm so excited. You are always posting about wild edibles and I really should post more about them, but you're always posting about them and gardening and um, coins and your um, your YouTube with Prepping with Sarge. Um, it's not with Prepping with Sarge, it's just Prepping with Sarge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, is really... Um, versatile but you definitely do talk a lot about uh wild edibles so that's why we decided to talk about this but um what i actually do have a question for you real quick absolutely what got you started with first of all preparedness and then what got you started with wild edibles so preparedness uh probably was with my with my parents you know my uh my my parents both grew up really really poor i don't know that they would have called themselves preppers but you know they they grew up really really poor and and uh i'm actually from boston originally i, I live in south carolina now but they grew up in the city of boston and pretty sure my mom didn't like i don't i think when she was growing up they didn't really even have like a bathtub and so there was a lot of uh, you know, washcloth kind of stuff going on and trying to make do. And, and her mom grew up in the Great Depression and so told a lot of stories about that kind of thing. So there was always a consciousness of being taught to me about, you know, that food may always not always be really abundant. Like you might have to get creative at some point that with how are you going to produce food? So my mom was a big gardener. That was, you know, I would say the start of it. When I got into Boy Scouts later on, that's when I really started to get into like the wilderness survival. And I remember uh, taking the wilderness survival class in Boy Scouts and finding out like, hey, there's there's stuff in the woods and a lot of it that you can eat. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing. And I wanted to learn more and more about that. Um, so over the course of time, I, I you know, I kind of got more into gardening for a long time. And then, you know, 
periodically would like try to find things. I've lived in three different states now. So that makes it a little bit interesting because when you move from say Massachusetts to, I lived in Kentucky for 10 years, it's the, you know, the, the plants there are very, very different, you know? Mm -hmm. So the stuff that I had been used to being able to see uh, wasn't, wasn't always there. And so I had to kind of learn some new stuff. And then I moved to South Carolina and for a while I kept thinking, okay, I really kind of need to learn what's available here. <laughs> and then just in the last like year and a half, I started to kind of get back into it. And, uh, you know, I said, well, it doesn't seem like that many, any, that many of the channels in the prepping niche are talking about this right now. Now people have in the past, but in the last year, a lot of people hadn't been talking about it. So I was like, let me throw up a couple of videos and they, they did pretty well. People wanted more. So that's kind of become a big focus of the channel, at least for the last five months. That's awesome. Yeah, I think wild edibles are so um, like intriguing to people, but people get very scared, you know, like, mm. oh, I don't want to eat something that, you know, I shouldn't. And I get it because there are evil cousins of plants, you know, like evil twins and things like that. And so you just don't, um, you know, and then there's a lot of things that, you know, you could very easily misidentify just in general. Mm. And so what um, tips? Like, I guess let's, let's just do one, like the one, like the first tip that you would give people when it comes to starting your, like getting into wild edibles. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You have to be careful. Uh, there is, it's, if you make a mistake, it could be, could be that you end up with an upset stomach for a few hours, or it could be that you end up dead, you know, so there, <laughs> yeah. there are some dangerous ones and that's, you know. Uh, we'll probably get into all of that today, but um, the, the first tip is definitely you got to you got to be 100% sure. You got to be 100% sure, and I can give some ideas on like how to get to 100% sure. Uh, but you know that's that's rule number one. If you're not 100% sure, and I'm often not 100% sure. You know, I and some of my videos you probably saw I talk about like I'm 95% sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> so would I eat this? Probably not, unless I had no other options. Right. And as I get more and more familiar with the options here, I'm finding that I can all I can always find other options. Okay, so that mm -hmm. as you as you practice this and start to learn more, you, you get more and more confident identifying the ones that you know. So I don't think if I was in my state, or maybe even a neighboring state, and I found something and I wasn't sure, I feel like I can pass that by because I'm sure that I can find something else that I am confident. Right. Now, you've actually said something a few times here that's very, very important. I really want to point out your specific area. So even from state to state, even sometimes, you know, from one side of the state to the other side or whatever, like especially Texas, like when I was learning wild edibles for Texas, there are an abundant of wild edibles from just south to the north. They're completely different from the east to the west. They're completely different. And so... um you know, not all states are like this, of course, but some are. And even, but specifically from state to state. So, you know, getting to know your local area is incredibly important. <laughs> um, I think there there are so many books out there that are so general and and broad. Like here's a, you know, 10 wild edibles you should know. And I look at these lists, especially for me in the here in the desert. And I'm like, nope, 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 right. nope. You know, like they're just so general. It's too broad. And, mm -hmm. 
And, you know, you may, it, you may say, okay, well, this wild edible, um, you know, is usually in south of Oregon. Great. Well, south of Oregon is actually pretty big. Right. Where, you know, like specifically. And so, um, you know, I mean, it can even niche down even further from that. Absolutely. Um, but um, definitely knowing your local area. And I, I think there needs to be more. I was actually looking um, for books. Uh, the other day for some um, someone on Instagram and it had said something like I want to get into wild edibles and they said something about I need to get a book for my area and, and I looked up his area and boom found a book for him but mm -hmm. it was incredibly difficult like really really hard um, I think niching down is not very common unfortunately like a lot of books are just like Here's some wild edibles of the Northwest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think at some point I probably need to write a book for South Carolina. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like there are some that are very, very common through North America, like the dandelion, right? So everybody, mm -hmm. everybody should know that the dandelion, uh, all the parts of the dandelion are edible except for the stem. Uh, that can give you, you know, you don't want to eat the stem because it can give you some upset stomach issues. Um, so that's one, but then like, you know, in those books, a lot of times you'll see plantain mentioned as a very common wild edible. Well, I'm told that plantain grows in my area. I've been looking for over a year and I have, I've yet to seen one. I'm not saying they don't exist. I can't find them. Right. Um, so, and then if, you know, the desert, like I know you did that video a while back and, uh, you and I've kind of talked a little bit about this. Um, the only one that I, that I know of that you've talked about that I have seen here is the prickly pear. So, mm -hmm. um, it, there's definitely a lot of differences area to area. And what I usually tell people when you're starting to learn this, cause they literally, there's wild edibles everywhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. You're, you're walking on them all the time. Yeah. And, um, but start with five in your area that you can recognize and get really good with those five. Yeah, think, it's it's building that confidence. Like I'm gonna mm. just focus on maybe one or two, and then three, and then four, and then five, and then woo! I'm really good at these five. Fantastic. Yep. Let's move on. Yep. And then if you like doing that, you're gonna you're gonna want to find five more, and then five yeah. more. Yeah. It becomes addicting, y'all. I literally look at every single plant and I say, "Are you edible?" <laughs> and I uh -huh. go searching. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and uh, same thing. You know, I'm probably the worst person to go hiking with because I'm going to move like a, a turtle because I'm looking at every single plant around me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> my yeah. kids will get very annoyed, but actually, I've gotten my oldest on board with it. I'm like, hey, look at this plant. She's like, oh, what a pretty plant. And I'm like, yeah, but is it edible? Can we eat it? What can we do with it? <laughs> mm -hmm. it and a lot of them are medicinal too, right? Like, do you, yeah. you know, are you finding that there? Like, as I as I started to get into the edible plants and I'm researching about them and learning about them, you find that a lot of them have medicinal qualities too. Yeah, and um, something very specific, uh, very interesting about a lot of plants is that there may be a part of the plant that's edible and then the other part is medicinal or the other part can be used for soap or whatever, you know, like the yucca plant out here, the root mm -hmm. can be used for soap. <clears throat> and so, you know, sometimes some parts of the plant are edible and like another, another example, um, a yaupon holly. I don't mm -hmm. know if I'm, I'm probably saying that completely wrong. Um, yaupon, yaupon. But it's it's mainly central Texas. They like um, kind of humid-ish 
areas, but uh, they the the berries are not edible, but the leaves make really great caffeine tea. And so like it's just that kind of stuff too. Like that's another reason we have to be super one hundred percent positive. Because yes, mm-hmm. the berries, the leaves are good, but the berries are not. But so it's, it's kind of funny. But anyway, yes, medicinal herbs. Um, but specifically with medicinal herbs, I think we had to be most careful about like exactly how to use the herb to do the medicinal part. Sometimes it's the leaves. Sometimes it's the the flowers. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the roots. You know, the stems. I mean, it could really vary. And it, sometimes it has to be prepared, you know, like either a tea mm-hmm. or uh, roasted or, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to it. Um, but that's why, you know, I say start with five, get get mm-hmm. confident with five. And then, you know, people, um, so a lot of the comments that I'll see when I put up one of these videos is like, uh, I would never, you know, I, I would never know if I had the right plant or not. And that's just, that's a confidence thing. Like once you know what a strawberry is at the grocery store, like you're taught that at a young age and then you, you forever know what a strawberry is. So it's kind of like that, you know, once you, uh, well, this, I was going to say wild lettuce, but wild lettuce is not a good example because this look alike. Um, partridge berry, I show the partridge berries in in a few of my videos. And once you get good at recognizing what, not just what it looks like, but what it smells like then you'll always know, oh, that's a partridge berry. It's just a matter of like getting the confidence and knowing, oh, I got it right. But at first, yeah, like if you didn't know what a partridge berry was and you came and you were walking along in the woods and you said, oh, those are red berries. So, you know, Sarge said that these these must be partridge berries. Well, you know, it was nice knowing you. (laughs) In fact, I got... Uh, there's a video as we're recording this there's a video releasing later on tonight where i show the partridge berry with a look-alike poisonous berry that was growing right near it Ooh. yeah yeah i've uh, i've actually had that happen before with um wild onions there was an evil cousin of wild onions and then actual wild onions growing right next to it so i didn't pick any of them because even though i identified the right and the wrong i was still just like i don't know <laughs> like yeah. he, that even still made me very <laughs> crazy very anxious yeah but um yeah <laughs> you definitely you have to be 100 percent sure yeah do you um, um forage for mushrooms out there at all or do you see those out in the desert I have, you know what, first of all, mushrooms just freak me out. I just yeah. don't even mess with mushrooms. I I think that like I've seen people forage for mushrooms and I'm like, that's cool. And I'm like, I would never do this because I would 1000% be eating the wrong mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, there's a couple of those that will kill you really quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. too. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it has a name like Destroying Angel, you know, it's probably shouldn't touch it. And actually, it was funny in one of my videos. I don't know if you saw the one of the big purple mushroom. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I in one of the videos, and I think it was that one, somebody commented, hey, Sarge, you know, should you be touching that? You don't know what it is. <laughs> that was a good point. You know, like, it, I really didn't know what that mushroom was. And you can absorb that stuff through your through your skin. So you, you really have to be careful, especially with mushrooms. Right. Um, so have, I mean, you actually look for mushrooms quite a bit, right? Like, I mean, how I confident, 
Uh-huh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, how confident are you hunting mushrooms as far as other wild edibles? Um, I do not eat any of the wild mushrooms that I find mm. because I'm still working on that. Uh, I've mm -hmm. got some books that I'm working on and, you know, I'm part of a couple Facebook groups where, you know, there are people much more experienced with that. So like I'll load up a picture and say, Hey, is this a, is this wood ear mushroom? And I'll kind of defer to one of them and they'll say, yep, that's wood ear mushroom. And um, so I know there's a couple here that I feel like I'm 99% confident with now. Um, I think I, I'm getting to that point where there's a few that I would eat uh, because they just don't maybe don't have like a lookalike and and I've identified them correctly a few times now. But right. having I think that's probably going to lead into the next point here, which is having uh, somebody to mentor you and some other experts that you can bounce it off of is, you know, on top of books and, you know, Google images and things like that having some people that are really experienced with that stuff. If, and if you can't find a local mentor, then, you know, Facebook has some great groups and things like that, that I load up images all the time and say like, Hey, I think this is this, what do you think? And get some feedback on it. Yeah. I do those exact same things. There was mm -hmm. a, there was somebody in, in Texas who was basically the guru of, of uh, all Texas wild edibles. He still does it, mm -hmm. but, um, I, I texted him a few, well, texted, I Instagrammed him a few times and I was like, what, what is this? Can you tell me, is this what I think it is? And, and yeah, you know, they, they get back to you and, and people mm -hmm. do this to me too. And, and I will be the first one to say, I don't know, please yep. do not, <laughs> don't trust me. I don't know what this is. I cannot verify this. Don't need it. And, um, you know, sometimes pictures, it's hard with pictures too, you know, and, uh, sometimes you really have to be there. And a lot of people will just take pictures of like the flower or something. And you're like, Oh, well, if you're going to take, I guess this is a really good time to talk about pictures of a wild edible. If you are going to take pictures of a wild edible, take pictures of literally everything, the yep. root, the stems, the leaves, the flowers, the fruits. If there's any on them, take, take a picture of the surrounding area. Mm -hmm. um, that's all going to be super helpful. And as up close as possible as you can get with those leaves and flowers and things, really helpful um you know leaves especially like yeah and in, in the underside of the leaves i always try to in the videos show the underside of the leaf too and, and get it get a close-up if you can because you know the pattern of the veins in the leaf and and you know sometimes there's little barbs coming off of the stems that are really hard to see but that's the that might be the distinguishing criteria that separates that from a poisonous lookalike Right. Exactly. Exactly. They're like, yes, the, the real one will be fuzzy and the fake one won't. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, uh, you know, but you'll know <laughs> next time, you know, you'll, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're unsure, just take a ton of pictures. That's what I always recommend. Just take a ton of pictures, go Googling, go ask questions you know, you don't have to eat it right now. Don't eat it. Yeah. I think that's a really big misconception with wild edibles. It's like, well, if I find something that I think is edible, I, I just have to eat it. No, mm -mm. no. <laughs> you no. don't. Don't eat not, it. It's okay. Not until you're sure. Not until you're sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then when you're 100 percent sure, sure, eat away. But then you also have to, like you said, a lot of times you have to know how to actually process it. Like mm -hmm. um, acorns, you know, they have to be leached. Yeah, they got the tannins in it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think that they can just eat it straight away. That's what I thought for a long time, to be honest. Yeah. When I was a kid, I did. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't Ooh. know. 
remember getting sick, but it was probably small quantities too. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what? You're bringing up another point though, that everything is going to affect everybody differently too. Sometimes mm -hmm. even if something is edible, um, like dandelions actually have a high concentration of, I'm forgetting. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I'm forgetting what it is right now. Um, it's a high constant. You know what? I'm just. Oh, is it the um that blocks the calcium? Um, it was something. It was like a high concentration of something, but it was um. I had said something like, "Yeah, it has a high concentration of this," and they were like, "Oh." And somebody had commented that they're like, "Oh, my husband is allergic to that." Thank you for telling oh, me. Good. Is it the um, beta carotene? It's not. No, gosh dang it. Okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Wait. Just just talk about something. <laughs> All right. So so I, I wanted to make sure that this gets out to the audience. Uh, people have sometimes asked me about the, I'm not going to name any, but like certain apps. Okay. And what I, my advice on those apps is, first of all, I am not going to endorse uh, any one of those because I have seen them be wrong. And, 100%. Yeah. And uh, I have seen uh, videos where people have taken their, one of those apps and they'll take a picture of their pillow and it'll identify it as like a rose bush, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. So are they useful? They can be, but don't ever rely on that as your only source. Like... I will sometimes use that to start a process like, you know, hey, I've never seen this before. That was actually how I found the uh, corn salad one. And because that was not that, that 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 one was way out of place. You know, we talked about the ecosystems and like, you know, knowing where to find the, the plants like. Right. So, you, you know, if you're looking for cattails, for example, you're going to look in a watery area, right. wet, you know, wetlands. Um, that one was just in a grassy area and it's only supposed to grow. Well, not only, but it's more commonly supposed to grow in like fields of corn and, and, uh, and things like that. And so it was out of place. It caught my attention and I was like, I have no idea what that is. So I started with one of those apps and then I said, huh, that's, you know, it's just weird that that's there and went and checked it with some other stuff. And it turned out it was, it was right. But mm. In good conscience, I can't endorse any of those apps. I think it's just because I'm afraid that somebody's going to go out and use that as their only source and make a bad mistake. I totally agree. And even with Google Images, like even that, I, I don't think I've ever been able to positively identify anything from like any Google Images that I've ever been able to find, even reverse images. Yep. Like I'll upload an image of it. And even that, like I've, I think it maybe worked once. And then otherwise, it's just so hard to for an algorithm to detect such minute deals, details of something, you know, that can sometimes be so obs obscure. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with you with those photo apps. I've, I've had people recommend them to me and I'm like, that's cool. I won't use these because they are highly, um, you know, like you like what you're just saying, you know, they're. Um, they're wrong a lot and they were just yeah. like, oh, well, you know, it works. Yeah. It's definitely going to be wrong sometimes, but you know, I'm <laughs> like, well, yeah, but you're looking for answers and how do you know it's wrong? Yeah. And if you you're, don't. I, I would maybe use it for fun if you're, if you're out hiking and you want to kind of get, start to learn things like that, but definitely not for a survival situation. You're, you're better off to go without food 
for a week than to make a mistake and eat the wrong food. Right. Exactly. I I actually say that exact same thing all the Mm -hmm. time. Just walk past it. If you're not sure. If you're not sure. uh, Being sick is going to be way worse than being hungry for an extra couple days. Yeah. Because then you're talking about dysentery, dehydration, and that's actually one of the biggest killers of people in the world. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Okay. Did we, did we figure out the dandelion thing? Dang it! I'm still looking. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have it on um my Instagram. I'm trying to find the picture that I have because I said it in the description. <laughs> I will find it. I think I'm. That's okay. There. So you actually so an- you actually mentioned cattails, which is very interesting. It's one of those things where yes, um, well we were talking about earlier cattails um grow in texas but and i was able to find them once in texas mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and, at, along a water of course but it was this uh, kind of obscure place to find them and i was like i it was the only time i'd ever been able to find them and i've been to a lot of water spots in texas and never had i found it before so even though it does and potentially can grow in that particular area doesn't mean it's gonna Yeah. And it may, yeah, exactly. You may, you know, you may, in, in some of my books that I'll talk about, this is a very common one for this area. And I, I, you know, I've been looking for over a year and I still haven't seen some of these, you know, and and I'm intensive, I'm aggressively looking for certain things at this point because I want to get them for video. And so that's, which is different than accidentally stumbling across something and say, Hey, I could use that in one of my foraging (laughs) videos. Um, Maybe it's because I'm looking so hard that they're evading me. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> that's probably it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um the... but can i touch on the medicinal herbs for a second while you're yeah. looking on the um the uh the dandelion thing yeah yeah so in some of these groups in the facebook groups and stuff like that there's you know there's wild crafting and herbalism and things like that and there's people in there that are way more experienced than me in terms of like the medicinal uses for these plants but uh, you know, so I'm learning from from other experts, and one of the things that will come up is somebody will you know say, well, what about if somebody is um, has like schizophrenia or something like that, and um, you know we could probably come mm-hmm. up with some plants that will uh, help to relax relax a person's anxiety, but you know you can't compete. And again, I'm going to be a little bit biased here because you know I work in healthcare, right? But when it comes to certain things like that, where it's a, you know, it's a heavy duty psychosis, you can't compete with what the pharmaceutical companies can do for that person. You know, right. at, at least from what we know right now, maybe we'll discover something in the rainforest that will work better than that. <laughs> but so there's certain things where, you know, you just, it, there's not really uh, um, adequate herbal or um, plant substitute, but there's some, that there's, there's some great ones, you know, like. I've got, uh, I'm fortunate here that I've got wild lettuce and um, dollar weed growing in on, all over my property because I don't use chemicals on my property or I use very, li- very little chemicals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and both of those are, you know, a mild, mild painkiller. So, you know, if push came to shove and SHTF uh, and I, you know, the supply chain for aspirin and ibuprofen right now it's kind of a nice resource to have you know absolutely yeah i actually just planted um toothache plant which yep 
by the name, as people can surmise, it helps with toothaches. It it you you chew on it and it it helps uh, numb your your mouth a little bit. You know, that's a natural numbing agent, um, mm-hmm. things like that. And so, you know, like you said, medicinal herbs are great. And and I ha- I do like a little tea concoction that like really does help me feel better when I'm feeling a little under the weather. You know, like I do these some of these things, you know, I, I make a salve out of um, essential oils from, you know, herbs and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know. I think something about medicinal herbs, though, is pretty important to understand whether it's topical or whether you can ingest it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that some, like some plants, can are pretty are, are specifically for topical, and then some are could be both, you know, and then some could be ingest um, only. Maybe it'll give you a rash or something. I don't know, but um, but yeah, so. Like aloe, Again, I, you know, aloe is great to have around for burns. Oh, love I, aloe. Yes. Um, and, and I think I, I would have to double check this, but I think you can eat it in small quantities, but I don't know that's going to do anything for your burns. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to taste good, but I don't know. I've never eaten it. People drink aloe. Yeah. You know those aloe drinks? I think that's actually aloe. Okay. And I, I like tried to look up the benefits of drinking aloe the other day and it was just kind of weird. I'm going to look it up right now. Benefit. Yeah. I think the skin is not edible. It's recommended that you don't eat the skin, but right. you know, before anybody listens to this podcast and starts eating aloe, just uh, know that <laughs> you know, we're shooting from the hip on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. So I did look it up right now. So aloe vera juice, aloe vera juice, of course, not the skin. It's the actual juice. Okay. Um, can help with hydration. Uh, it can help with proper liver function. It can help with constipation to clear skin though. If you're going to do, if you're going to just clear your skin, just put it straight on your skin. Don't drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can help with a nutritious boost. It contains a lot of vitamins and minerals, heartburn relief, digestive benefits, and then, of course, some beauty hacks. But, of course, those would be topical. Don't, mm-hmm. don't drink them. Um, but, yeah, apparently you can drink it. Yeah, and I'm just and I'm reading something that says there's not there's a few varieties of aloe vera that are not edible. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, use them the right way. Um, and, you know, knowing that it's great to know how to use some of these herbal plants and um, medicinal herbs and and um, to use them. But like if it came down to if I had a really bad infection, as much as I like having oregano on, around and I always grow oregano because it has antibacterial and antiviral properties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the pharmaceutical grade if my life is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah, like this is definitely for alternatives. You know, people people have been using these alternative medicines for thousands of years. But like you said, they do not compare to the pharmaceuticals. And I think that that's a big misconception. A lot of people think that it will compare. But it's it's also <clears throat> it's also like the whole um, there is a lot of bacterial um, benefits and antiviral and, and stuff like that. Antibacterial rather, um, mm-hmm. benefits from many, um, wild edibles actually, and a lot of the foods that we eat, right. but, um, 
does it compare to like the broad spectrum antibacterial uh the antibiotics no <laughs> but um they, oh, they'll definitely they'll definitely help but not maybe not in the way that you're thinking kind of either yeah. Yeah. So a good rule of thumb, right, is to, you know, if you've got a serious issue going on, talk to talk to your doctor. I'm not, you know, I use both, right? I use modern medicine and I use, you know, herbalism and, um, you know, wildcrafting and things like that. But my doctor, I mean, I hope everybody's doctor is cool. My doctor is cool. I, I tell him what I'm doing and he's like, yeah, there's some good research behind that. You know, give it a try. If it doesn't work, give me a call and we'll do something. You know, we'll call something in the pharmacy, you know. There you go. I like it. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody's doctor is that open-minded about it. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure most doctors these days, not, okay, not most. A lot of doctors <laughs> these days are just like, here's some pills. At least everyone's yeah. I've been coming across. They, um, I'm like, yeah. I'm really tired all the time. I'm like, oh, well, here's some pills to perk you up. I'm like, great, yeah. but it didn't really solve my problem. It just made me perky in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're right. And um, it's, you know, it's it's also a lot of times behavioral changes can help fix a lot of stuff too. you know, the um, we I think we have a tendency to think, well, I I have a headache, so I need to either take a pill or uh, eat dark chocolate, drink some caffeine. And maybe maybe I have a headache because I'm not managing my stress well, you know, right. Or I'm not drinking enough water or yeah. I need more sleep or, yeah, um, usually our bodies are trying to tell us something mm. and um, even a headache, even just a little headache. You may think, it, oh, well, I'm, I'm super hydrated. I did this. I did that. I, I, I'm fine. But maybe telling you something. Maybe you just need to cool off for a little bit. Lay down. Take a yeah. rest. <laughs> you know? Yep. yep. Um, but yeah. So. Anyway, let's um let's talk about some other what some other tips that you can give us about um searching wild edibles. I know we've already talked about a lot, but um is there anything else you could think of or yeah, definitely. So when you you know, when you're first starting to do this, you do like I said, I'm probably the worst person you want to go hiking with because I, uh, I, I'm, you know, the pokey little puppy that's just kind of going along smelling everything. <laughs> so, so you'll have to you have to kind of slow down your pace and let, you know, let your eyes wander. Look for I, I tell people to look for the anomaly uh, because usually if there's something interesting there, it that's a lot of times when I find something new, a new wild edible that I didn't know about. It was, you know, I'm seeing a pattern of plants, pattern of undergrowth and then there's something weird that sticks out and then you're like what is that and a lot of times that ends up being an edible um so looking for the anomaly uh i we in one of my videos i talked about that in you know do you know what permaculture is uh, yeah okay so you know permaculture is basically another way of practicing agri agriculture that is um it takes the ethics of sustainability into it and the, so two things with that. So number one, if you do decide that you're going to go foraging and you're going to pick a bunch of cattails, don't pick every single one that you find, you know, leave some to propagate and, and that will help so that mm -hmm. the next time you come back there, there'll be more. But the other part of that is uh, there's a concept in permaculture called abundance exists at the edges. And what that means is the greatest amount of biodiversity typically is when two systems are coming together. So uh, field 
and woods, right? So at that edge of space where those two, two ecosystems connect or water and grassland, um, you know, ocean and, um, you know, uh, whatever the brush is there that grows along the ocean, um, <laughs> scrub brush or whatever. Uh, you know, so where these two ecosystems com combine is usually where you find the most biodiversity of life. And so that's where if you're going to go hunting for, you know, let's find some wild edibles today, let's look for something new. The, you find a, you got a pretty good chance if you go to spots like that. And, uh, you know, now I now that I've kind of been doing that, I can walk around and uh, within a matter of minutes, find five or six you know, different wild edibles right. uh, in, in a very small area. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think once you start, I think once you start realizing environments, like you're just talking about, you know, things really come together um, mm -hmm. and you can find a lot. And, but sometimes you can just find one or two things, but you know, mm -hmm. there may be an abundance of those one or two things. So you mm -hmm. could be in the money. Absolutely. Um, I, I've, I've only come across that a couple times, mostly dandelions. Mm. <laughs> They're always in abundance, which, hey, it's great. Well, um, and if you have dandelions and you're a meat eater, you probably have <laughs> all the small game that feeds on the, on the dandelion. So again, you have the biodiversity there. There you go. Hey, actually, that brings me to my next question, which I was just about to ask you. I'm in a Facebook group called just like Wild Edibles, um, or it's called... Um, uh, it's like identifying wild edibles, I think. Uh -huh. Anyway, my point is a lot of people go into that group thinking that they want to identify um, plants specifically. Uh -huh. Now, the group itself says that anything that is wild is an edible, including <laughs> animals, bugs, uh -huh. whatever, anything. It's a wild edible, then it is included in that group and feel free to share about it or ask us about it or whatever, you know. You mm -hmm. want to know how to cook squirrel? Great. Now, in your opinion, uh -huh. what do you think of that broad term? Like, do you like to go specifically wild foraging of of plant like wild plants or do you go to the broad sp spectrum so um the so so for what i do right now just in like you know we're not in a shtf situation um i'm just looking for plants and trying to learn about mushrooms uh my my wife is a vegetarian i'm an omnivore and so and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably the worst hunter in the world. Not that I couldn't do it, but uh, when I've had to do that because, you know, I had a predator eating chickens and things like that, um, I just don't handle it well emotionally. <laughs> <gasps> I'm not really cut out for it. And I know, you know, separation from the food source and all that. So I, I, I have to respect all that. But uh, and if it came down to it in an SHTF, of course, of course, you know. Uh, I, I have eaten squirrel and I would eat squirrel. I would, you know, I'd eat a pigeon. I, you know, so yeah, I think that's part of it. And, and, and they're good skills to combine hunting, fishing and foraging. Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of summed it up nicely. You know, if you want to just hunt for plants, then just hunt for plants, you know, but if you want to, you know, learn about a little bit more about other wild edibles out there, <laughs> it's kind of funny to say it like that, but I mean, you know, it's, 
it's kind of true. It's a very broad spectrum, but I mean, you know, there's wild plants, there's wild animals, there's wild bugs, there's, you know, a, b- a bunch of stuff out there. And so, um, but if you want to just do plants, then just do plants, you know, don't worry about it. It's not even a big deal. Um, yeah. Have you eaten any of the like wood grubs or anything like that? I've, I've definitely eaten insects and I tell people a lot. They're actually pretty good. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard that they, they, a lot of them have like a nutty taste. Yeah, like I've eaten uh, specifically <clears throat> ants and crickets are actually pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've eaten uh, ants raw and crickets were roasted. Mm-hmm. And it's all in how you prepare it. Like the ants raw, actually, the ones that I ate, I think they were carpenter ants and they tasted like uh, berries. They tasted really? very good. Very huh. good. And, um, you know, you got to eat a lot of ants. But, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch, there's a lot of them. And, um, <clears throat> there are some little tricks you can use to catch ants and things like that. And so, um, and, uh, worms again, I actually always suggest that people cook bugs before mm-hmm. eating. And I really should not have eaten the ant raw, but, um, you know, in most cases, the majority of the cases you want to cook bugs, um, at least, um, boil them if anything, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to try to get any parasites or anything out or dead. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to then transfer those parasites into your body, though you know from eating a live insect. Yeah, so that's and, the only advice I give there. I'm glad you brought that up too. The um, you know, the safety of even eating these plants, right? So people, ha- you know, will ask me like, "Well, do you taste them?" And the answer is yes, but not it, like some of those videos that are on my on my channel. There, those are like you know close to high pollutant areas, and so. I'm not going to for those ones. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, if I see that the water line has come up and there's trash all around there, you know, there's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'll do a lot for my channel, but there's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself in the hospital. I won't or, do that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do eat a lot of them, especially like if I find it in an area that I'm very, you know, very, very confident that it's clean. And if I can, of course, I'm going to rinse it off because you have no idea how many animals have peed on that, you know, Yeah. <laughs> especially it's, if it's near a water source. Yes. That's so funny. Everybody says that to me all the time. Like I'll pick up um, mesquite beans off the ground and people are like, don't do that. I'm like, but it li- you can tell that it literally fell like a day ago or something. And they're like, animals probably peed on that. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, do you wash your vegetables <laughs> and fruits? Yes, I'm sure you do. Yes. I <laughs> wash my plants and things before I eat them. But it's not common sense, you know, it kind of, you know, just, I think that you were bringing up a good point of environment, you know, in an SHGF situation, yeah, I'm probably going to eat those plants that are around the pollutants, but it yeah. also does depend on the type of pollutants. So, well, I mean, if the, if it looks really, really nasty, like, you know, the groundwater, the ground or the water around it just looks so polluted. Yeah. Just keep moving and find something else because that even with washing, sometimes you won't be able to wash certain chemicals and things out of it. Right. Yep. So. If it's near, that's a really good point. If it's near like a big factory, you might want to just say it's not worth it. If yeah. it's, if it smells like sewage, you know, yeah. it's yes. probably not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that people are very eager sometimes, but we also have to pay, pay very close attention that um, plants really do absorb a lot <laughs> and um, of their environment, and uh, we just have to be really super careful with that. But um, you know, washing can definitely help with the majority of things. 
Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I agree with you if it was, you know, like for life or death and I'm starving and, you know, and I find something that is in my mind, maybe slightly polluted. I personally would probably chance it. That's me. Yeah. I'm not, not telling anybody else to do that. I might, if I'm a little bit worried about it, I might cook it, you know, or boil it yeah. or whatever. And, you know, Pro- do what you do what you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It kind of depends on how desperate you are. <laughs> it, def- it definitely does. It depends on the, uh, the environment and you know. yeah. Yeah. Well, what are, what are some other tips? Um, let's see. So maybe dispel a couple myths here. The, uh, I've seen comments like, you know, my grandmother taught me, uh, all shiny berries are poisonous and that's not necessarily oh. true. And, you know, I mean, they're probably in that area, you know, you wonder like, where's these things originate and maybe in that area that was true, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, a lot of those myths out there. Another one I heard was, uh, well, what if you, um, I, I read that if you chew up a small amount and spit it out, that's a good test. Yeah. If it's a destroying angel, you're dead. <laughs> oh, right. oh my gosh. Okay. We have to talk about this actually for a second. Uh-huh. Um, that's the survival test. You know, you know about yes. it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, so for a long time, I thought that the survival test was a really good test of wild edibles. And so I didn't really ever learn wild edibles because I wanted to fall back on this. Because here's the here's the thing about the um, trying to see if an edible uh, to, trying to see if something is edible. So here's the survival test. It's there's a few steps. First of all, you're going to touch it, you know, to your skin. Maybe rub it in between your fingers, something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't have any reaction to your fingers or whatever, then yay. Okay. Now you're going to touch it to your lips, and you mm-hmm. know we're going to wait a while and see if it has any reaction to them. Then if there's no reaction, you're going to touch it to your tongue. And if there's no reaction after a while, you know, whatever hour, whatever, however long you want to wait, I guess. I think it's supposed to be about an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Usually reactions will happen very quickly though. You know, if you mm-hmm. do have a reaction, it'll usually happen pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, not all, not all, certainly not all. Um, and uh, sometimes it will take a while. Sometimes it might take an hour or two or three, but uh, anyway, mm-hmm. and then like you just said, the next part is to put it in your mouth, you know, chew it around, swish it around, then spit it out. And then if you still don't have any reactions and then uh, people say it's safe to eat. The problem is if you have no reactions up until this point, you could still have reactions after eating it. You could, it could um, get into your bloodstream now. (laughs) And this is a big problem. So once it gets into your bloodstream and it starts processing throughout your body and it is poisonous, that's when you're actually, that's when sometimes you could really see the adverse effects. So even if you've gone through all those steps and you're great and you eat it and you could still have adverse effects. Absolutely. So um, there, I, somebody told me once, I talked about that and they were like, there is zero reason anybody needs to be doing that survival test these days because of how much abundant knowledge we have of wild edibles. You need to get a book. You need to learn it. You need to get advice from experts. And that's how you need to do it. There's yep. no reason anybody needs to be doing that survival test these days. 
Yeah, that was probably a good test, like in the pioneer days when people were, you know, migrating across the country, you know, but um, yeah, there's, there's no reason. And, and here's the thing, if, if people are still listening to the podcast at this point, I'm guessing they're interested in foraging. So if you learn the 10 most common, you know, edible, wild edible plants in your area, you'll never have to do that unless you're, you know, outside of your area, you know in some strange situation your plane crashes in the you know the rocky mountains or whatever uh you know there's really oddball unlikely scenario you know you unless you encounter that then you know even then i probably would try to hunt a squirrel instead (laughs) right (laughs) um but so if you learn the 10 most common for your area i can pretty much go out there and you know anywhere walking on any of the trails in my area walking the trails, you know, just walking around my neighborhood and I can find stuff that I now know is safe to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really all it takes. You know, it takes that uh, knowledge and experience and actually doing it, but not actually going out and eating all the wild edibles. You can once you have positive hundred percent possibly positively identify it, excuse me, but it's the just going out and just trying to identify that's going to build up that confidence. And then, you never have to do that survival test. <laughs> Please no. don't do it. I just really strongly advise against it. There's no yeah. reason to. There's no reason to. No. I, I mean, I can't. Again, if it was a situation where I didn't know any of the plants in the area, I'd, I'd look for an animal, which would be safer than to try yeah. that with a plant. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I actually, I was thinking um, there was a Naked and Afraid episode I was watching once and he found some like roots or something mm-hmm. and he knew that he could eat the roots and they were edible and everything. But I guess um, something that he didn't or something, he had some sort of adverse effect to it. He like was eating them so fast and after so long of not eating, like I guess it was um, a couple weeks that he hadn't had any food and he, he just found these roots and just ate them all so fast and so, you know, uh, and the amount, it was a lot. And apparently it gave him um, a sugar rush throughout his body. And um, he basically collapsed into this kind of coma. It wasn't a oh, coma, wow. but that's what I want to call it. Yeah. He just like collapsed and just fainted. Because like a high, he got high gluco- glucose reaction. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to the next topic that plants are generally kind of high in carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we do have to be aware of that as well. Um, yep. but... And you, there, um, you know, and again, long term, you know, we know we have to have protein, too. So yeah. whether or not you, you think you can put that together with wild edibles, maybe. I mean, that's part of why I learned this. My wife's a vegetarian, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's going to be pretty hard, you know, with the grocery. If the grocery stores weren't open, it's going to be pretty hard to put together those complete proteins. Yeah, you may have to, you know, grow stuff, which that's how our ancestors learned that they needed extra nutrients, that the wild edibles of, you know, hunting and the plants and things just wasn't enough and they had to get extra nutrients. They didn't, you know, they didn't have anybody telling them that. They just kind of knew it. And so then they started cultivating crops and these kinds of things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, if this is super, super long term. I, you know, that could be in the future, you know, that could be something you have to think about as well. So hopefully not, but yeah, that's why we do this. That's why we prep. Yep. (laughs) Um, We'll have to, we'll have to talk about gardening another time. (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But um, 
but yeah, so wild edibles, definitely fun and definitely something that, uh, once you get started, you will be so addicted. So just be prepared to be addicted and yeah. to be on the nerves of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I, when I, sometimes I'll do it on my lunch break cause I have access to a couple good trails near my work. I'm very, very fortunate with that. And nice. you know, I've, my coworkers will see me out there, you know, recording on my phone and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know what I'm doing? Cause they all know I have my channel and stuff. You know? like, they just shake their heads and walk away. <laughs> that is the prepping with sarge channel definitely uh go check out his channel he's got a lot of good stuff not just um wild plants um but also coins and survival skills and knife reviews and just a whole bunch of good stuff so mm -hmm. he's got a lot of good stuff and really cool stickers Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And if anybody has channel stickers and wants to trade, they can uh, they can send me an email at businesswithsarge at gmail.com. Nice. Yep. Businesswithsarge at gmail.com, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I cut you off. Um, cool. Yeah. I actually have some new stickers coming out that I oh, will be sending. Yeah, you got to get them over to me. Absolutely. Please. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, anyway, but, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to, to talk about any tips or cautions or advice or anything else you'd like to, to end with? I think that we gave them a lot today. Um, you know, I think again, to starting out, learn five in your area, maybe we just kind of summarize here, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, learn five in your area to start. Try to find somebody that knows your area. And if you can't, then the Facebook groups are really, really good. I I've definitely have made use of those to learn some new stuff. And, and then having a group of people that you can kind of bounce, you know, images off of and things like that. Don't rely on those, on those apps, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put anything in your body that you're not 100% sure of. Um, and you know, have fun because yeah, like, like Morgan was saying, it's once you get started, like you find that five and you get confident with that five, I guarantee you, you're going to want to find 10 and then you're going to want to find 15 and it just gets, you start and you start seeing them everywhere and they, they really are like wild edibles are all around us. You're stepping on them all the time. Absolutely. Once you, um, once you actually find edibles in your area, um, a lot of books don't actually talk about um, like how to cook with them and stuff like that. Mm. So do a Google search and start learning how to actually cook with this stuff. A lot of things you can make like jam with. Mm -hmm. um, you can make really cool salads. You can um, I make mes mesquite bean flour and mesquite bean coffee out of just mesquite beans, you know. And so you find people doing all these really cool things with these wild edibles. So get online and start looking for recipes on how to use this stuff. You will be blown away. A lot mm -hmm. of cool stuff out there. And there's tastes that you can't get from anything else in the supermarket, like the um, the dwarf palmetto berry here is, uh, which I, you may have those there. I'm not sure, but those um, taste like a cross between dates and blue cheese. What? <laughs> yeah. So like, there's nothing else I can think of that that has that. So you can really like expand your palate and you know have fun with your salads and kind of make some really interesting things. The corn salad. It has like a nutty, their leaves, but a lot of the leaves taste like parsley or kale or whatever, but that one has like a nutty taste. Yeah. And, um, 
also on that note, while some things taste really good, some things taste really <laughs> bad. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. So you have to cook it in some way in order to make it edible at all. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why you don't see some of them in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, good stuff. Um, all really good topics and uh, tips. And I hope that people will use this opportunity to get hyped up about this and really just go out and start learning. Even if it takes you a while to positively identify something, that's cool. No worries. Take your time. This is not a race. Um, you know, you're not going to be, you know, crowned expert wild edible mm-hmm. finder person uh, by doing it the quickest way possible. Just be accurate. I think that's that's probably the most important thing. So and and absolutely have fun with it. So mm-hmm. thank thank you so so much for being on. I I really really had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to come visit me, my YouTube channel is Prepping with Sarge. Um, I'm also in on Instagram. On Instagram, it's everything with Sarge. So it's everything underscore with underscore Sarge. Uh, I don't remember why I had to do that, but I had to do that. And uh, if you're coming over from this podcast, please let me know because uh, Morgan and I are kind of friends and and I sent, loved sending people her way and she's definitely sent a lot of people my way. So I'd like to know if you've come over from, from her channel. Absolutely. He has a lot of amazing tips and advice, things that I, I don't give and things that are in a completely different region and just completely different knowledge all around. And so, you know, hundred percent please go check out his channel and his instagram really good stuff always very impressed with what he has to say so uh, so yes prepping with sarge at youtube and then everything with sarge on instagram thank you again for coming on and thank you all so much for listening i really do appreciate you and uh don't hesitate to reach out to either of us at any time absolutely so much conquer tomorrow by preparing today i'll talk to you later bye thank you for listening to the rogue preparedness podcast ask questions never stop learning and stay prepared conquer tomorrow by preparing today see you next week